0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Union Podcast. My name is Brian Pugh. I am the co-founder of the Union Movement alongside my wife Bonnie, and we are passionate about helping people uh, find wholeness in the areas of sexuality, identity, relationships, and really just to walk um, in the plan and purpose, the design that God has for all those areas. And if uh, if you are a return listener, we're so thankful for you. We appreciate your encouragement and your partnership in this. We hope that this has been a blessing to you. We would love it. If you would comment, subscribe, share this podcast, and uh, just helps us to be seen by more people and help more people find that wholeness that we are so passionate about. Uh, if you are a first-time listener, let me say welcome. We're so glad you're here, and we hope that today's conversation is life-giving for you and is refreshing and it gives you just encouraging, encouragement and, and a great perspective, uh, maybe with where you're at today. My guest today for today's episode is Eric Demeter. He is a full-time missionary with YWAM, which is Youth with a Mission. He's based in Athens, Greece. He does call Indiana home, but he is, uh, his mission's work is based out of Athens. And he's written the book, How Should a Christian Date? And I love the tagline because it's not as complicated as you think. Um, for a lot of us who are single... Uh, it can feel really complicated. You're trying to find that partner. You're trying to find that teammate to run into the next the next season of your life with, and it can be overwhelming. But Eric writes this book from such a unique perspective because he is not a married man telling single people how they should date or how they should pursue relationships. He is actually a single person, and he talks very, very uh, transparently about his journey, about his struggles, the ups and downs, the things that he's learned through dating well and through honoring God with this area of his life. And, um, and it's such a refreshing conversation. So, uh, I hope that it's encouraging to you. Maybe you're in that similar place, or maybe you're dealing with a level of brokenness from past relationships and you feel like, man, I've done things the right way and I'm still single, or I've done things the right way and people have hurt me. Uh, this is going to be a really encouraging conversation for you as he speaks vulnerably and transparently from his own experience and unpack some great principles from the Bible uh, to keep your heart focused and to keep you, uh, your eyes set in the right direction. So I'm excited to just pass it off to our conversation with Eric Demeter.
1: You're listening to The Union Podcast. The Union exists to bring biblical confidence and clarity to the topics of relationships and sexuality. On this podcast, we unpack the damaging effects of modern sex culture and discuss how to heal from the past and enrich your relationships. Here are your
0: hosts, Brian and Bonnie Pugh. All right, Eric, welcome to The Union Podcast. It's such a joy to have you here, man. Thanks so much for having me. Oh man, it's awesome. We're so glad you're able to. And so glad we're gonna sit down and talk about your book. How should a Christian date? And I love the tagline because it's not as complicated as you think. And um, I had to laugh, but look at the cover of your book, and it's you know, two guys having a conversation and one guy's just got this long list of asking all these major questions about this, you know, prospective girl he's gonna, you know, maybe ask out. And then his friend's like, Hey, why don't you just ask her for coffee? You know, I just I think it's such a great snapshot of of this, but uh for our listeners, why don't you just tell us a little bit about you? Like you right now, you're in Indiana, but you're you're with uh, your full time ministry or full full time missionary, excuse me, with YWAM, uh, based out of Greece. Why don't you tell us how you ended up there? How you ended up with YWAM, and and just uh, a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I love other cultures. God's doing amazing work around the world, mm-hmm. and I went to Greece a few years ago on a short term trip. There's a there's the refugee crisis that's going on where millions of refugees are fleeing war and persecution, looking for a better life. And and Athens was a is a hub for that. So I decided to go back and just uh you know serve. And then God's doing an amazing thing amongst the uh Iranians. Many of them are coming to Christ through through dreams and just good gospel teaching. So I I go and uh and to teach and
0: encourage and just uh help them grow in the Lord. Dude. I love it. I love it. And it's so awesome. So awesome. So right now you're in Indiana. Is that your, is that your hometown?
1: I was born and raised here visiting family right now. I split my time between, and I'm in the States between Colorado where I have been living. And now during this, this time I will, uh, be with, uh, family
0: here in Indiana.
1: But yeah, this is, this is where I was born and I grew up here.
0: Yeah. Home state. I meant to say, home, I think I said home. home city. Yep. But I, I, I know how it works. It's a home Mm -hmm. state. So (laughs) anyways, but um, I'd love just to jump into your book. And I'd love to hear just the heart behind why you wrote How Should a Christian Date?
1: Yeah, I had a mentor. And he was my mentor for 17 years. And his name was Dr. Tim Nelson. And he passed away way too soon. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, he was a professor of marriage and family therapy. And he taught me everything that he knew about relationships, uh, communication, dating. So um, yeah, so I wanted to take take that uh, information and the things that I have learned and the books that I've read and the best of research and come up with a book that was uh, biblical, practical. And uh, I, I think it's funny. I, I, I hope to make the reader laugh in the process. But yeah, but, um, you know, I always joke with my mentor, Tim, that he gave me 17 years of uh, mentoring, but we all know that it was uh, free uh, free counseling. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, like um, when it comes to dating, I think within the church or maybe within Christian culture, there's a lot of pushback to any sort of like principle or guideline, because a lot of times it can be seen as like legalistic or just heavy-handed or kind of like a bully or almost paint this picture that like god is not for development Mm. of healthy relationships you know what i mean and Mm. um and maybe sometimes that shows up in other books on the topic but like how does this book separate itself from from that maybe heavy-handed approach that that the church Mm. maybe has experienced
1: yeah yeah that's a good question well um, I did, did not become a, a believer in Christ until I was 21.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I did it inside and outside the church. And that's another reason why I wrote the book is because when I started following Christ and started dating as a believer, I was like, huh, there's some things we're doing well in the church about dating. And there's some things that just aren't good. Um, but yeah, um, on, let me think. Pause here. What was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah. Gotcha. Even though the yeah, even though the title is "How Should a Christian Date," um, there's not a lot of rules in my book. It's, it's the least legalistic book on Christian dating that I think that you'll that uh, you will find. I like to say that God gives us this big yard to date within that. There's definitely a fence. There's mm. definitely a moral boundary that Absolutely. God that God gives us. Um, but within that, um, we are free to choose, you know, do you want to try like online dating? Do you want to have someone set, set you up? Do you want to, you know, uh, you've known this person for s- several years, maybe it's time to to ask them on a date. So there are many different ways that you can, can date all within this, this,
0: this realm that, that God has given us. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to kind of throw a question at you here real quick, because I think sometimes the Um, The frustration around the topic of dating um, and the pressure that's even put on people is from this idea that there is just one specific person, only one person out there for you. And I think Mm -hmm. that that raises some major questions because it's like, well, people get it wrong all the time. So if one person starts a relationship and even gets married with somebody who's not the one, it throws off the entire system for everybody else you know what I mean? So what would you say to somebody who maybe is feeling that pressure because they're like, well, there's that one person out there, or how would you approach that maybe to say that there is one type of person, you know, right? Like if, like Paul talks about not being unequally yoked, that you want to be walking the same direction, have the same values, be on the same page of what's most important. How would you help somebody unpack that and maybe um, get out of that place of just being um, trying to find that one person instead of looking for that one type of quality in someone,
1: yeah, I think for some people they meet that quote like the one and then they know like right away I, I have a friend and and he and he's been married for thirty plus years and and he said, Eric, God made it so clear to to me that this is the person that
2: mm-hmm. that
1: I was was going to marry, and they they've had a great great marriage, and yeah, and that was and that was the the one. But for many of us, um, we don't know, or, or or maybe we'll have to get married with not thinking that this is the one that God, you know, brought this 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 man or man or woman to our doorstep, you know. And um, right. I mean, that's awesome when God does that, but oftentimes it, it takes work. And I say that whoever you marry, they are the one. I mean, it doesn't matter if you know you think yeah. that you could marry others. Or, and I think most people probably could, you know, and and I, I really like what 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 you say that there is like an area, you know that that this kind that this is the kind of person mm-hmm. that that would be a good fit and and that person definitely um needs to believe in in Jesus and yeah but uh once you make that commitment once you make those vows they are the one
0: yeah exactly yeah um just to back it up maybe a little bit here why do you think it's important that we get this even the topic of dating right you know right like so we're going to we'll talk a little bit about you know what that process looks like but even like why do like why is it important to get that starting line accurate.
1: Yeah. I, I think you, you want to save yourself pain. I mean, dating is already fraught with risk and, mm-hmm. you know, we can't mitigate all the pain in dating, but I think there are things that we can do to make it easier. Right. And, uh, you know, and there are things that we can do to, to smooth, smoothen the uh, process and to make it clear. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't have to make all your own mistakes. I have made many and I share those in, in the book. I've, uh, collected st- stories about things to do and, and things not to, to do for well over 15 years. So mm-hmm. I, 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 try to make the book as uh, practical, you know, but, uh, one thing that I don't think people think, think about too, is that how you date and those patterns, that you have in dating, those will carry over in, into marriage. Right. So, I mean, good and bad. So if you're communicating well, if you can have a good fight, if you can disagree about something, uh, your chances of, of doing that in, in, marriage is much greater. And it's the same. If you have negative things, if you're not, you know, not communicating well, you don't know how to have a disagreement, um, then those patterns will, will also carry (laughs) over over. So I think that, yeah, how you date is, is pretty important.
0: Yeah. Just to make it real personal, like if you look in hindsight from where you are now looking back into some of those past relationships and honestly, like I'm not, I'm not looking for specific information about people or anything like that, obviously we want to honor that, but like, what would be some of those things that you look back and go, Oh, I wish I did that differently. Or what was maybe an idea or a perspective that you had um, early on in, in some of those discovery relationships and dating relationships that you had that you go, Oh man, Eric, I wish I had the, I wish I'd done that different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it is, I wish I would have prayed more and dated less and Mm -hmm. that, I mean, and as much as I like to be, uh, practical, uh, I, I think that God cares of, about who you date. God cares about who who you marry. So I would have taken more time. I would have been more patient
2: mm. and
1: not followed my feelings. Uh, right. I think a, an example would be like um, as a si- single person, it it can be lonely, you know, at, at 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 times. And noticing how I'm feeling and texting some someone and asking them them out on a lonely. Friday night and then waking up Saturday and feeling uh, better and thinking, oh, did I really want to ask that uh, person out or was I just feeling lonely? So I I think kind of like, you know, watching yourself. And I think I would have made sure that I was more in a secure place before asking asking people out.
0: Mm -hmm. That's really good. I appreciate you sharing that. I think one of the things we've we've talked about on the podcast before, too, is how to invite people into your process. You know what I mean? And like to have have people that are asking you, um, you know, if you are a single person, maybe it's a older couple in your church or just like somebody within your community to be asking, asking you those questions, you know, and asking, hey, how are you doing? Or or even just have a couple that like you could or safe people that you could run those questions past. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like yeah so how are you gonna handle the the Friday night blues when they come because they're they're gonna come? You know what i mean and and I think like you know in a social media age, we see what's going on in so many other people's lives, and you know we see relationships starting and all this stuff, and we feel like we're the only ones. So how are we gonna handle that? Was there anybody like that in your life that you that you started to pursue and and what did that pursuit look like in in kind of gathering a community around you
1: um well, uh yeah, uh, I have had some relationships in the past and I think that um you know, we had in- invited people, we had invited mentors to come a- alongside, which I think is really good. And and this is where I think that the church needs to really step up because I mm-hmm. I'm such a fan of uh being mentored when you're single and being went uh Mentored even when you're dating,
2: absolutely,
1: because um, I feel like churches, um, they value marriage and they value when when you get in, engaged, but they step in the process too late. Um, mm. the, the church jumps in, uh, too late. Um, and I'm a huge fan of uh, premarital counseling, um, but oftentimes, um, couples are starry-eyed and they'll say yes to anything uh just because they're they're thinking wedding you know and um so i am a fan of pre and pre-engagement counseling so whatever that looks like the uh dating couple meeting with a with an older couple in the church and and, um definitely like one-on-one mentoring too and that has helped me tremendously
0: absolutely Absolutely, um you know something that comes to mind is maybe I think we've talked about this before as well on the podcast, but like how being a healthy single person, being a whole single person will actually lead to being a whole you know person in a in a dating relationship and a whole person in a marriage because a lot of times our math that we think we have is like, okay, well, you know, I'm gonna meet my other half, you know what I mean, and they're gonna make me a whole person again, but the reality is is like. If you're not whole and healed, and I don't mean that you're perfect, you know what I mean, but that you're you're whole and there's 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 the needs because there's needs in your heart that only God can meet. If those things Mm -hmm. are being met, um, that's setting you up to actually be Mr. Right or Mrs. Right for somebody else. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of times we're thinking, um, you know, hey, is Mr. Right or Mrs. Right out there for me? But a lot of times we're not working on how to become Mr. Right or Mrs. Right for somebody else. What did what did that process look like for you and how did you navigate some of those like what were some of the practical things that you did to become a whole person in in the in a life of singleness and that that stage of singleness
1: Yeah, I would just take it back to being mentored for uh a long time and I picked someone who wasn't a- afraid to um challenge me, you know, yeah. that we want to make sure that um you know, we choose some someone who isn't afraid to uh, tell us the truth, and um, yeah. So I am, embrace that that process, and and still do. I have had many, you know, many mentors. Um, I always want to have one, and I always want to be be pouring into uh, someone else. Mm. And I have probably learned just as much, if not more, from being a mentor than having, you know, than, uh, than just someone mentoring me because man, I tell you when, um, like I was, a like a, a big, uh, a brother to, to this 14 year old boy. And I, I tell you what, when you start sharing and you start teaching and preaching to them, if you're not mm. doing it in your own life, you feel like a huge <laughs> hypocrite. So, yeah, uh, right. So telling him stuff, I was make I was making sure that that I was doing it myself. Too. So I would say if you know if you have a mentor, that's great. Start there and find someone else. Find some younger person and uh,
0: pour into their life too. That's awesome. I appreciate that, man. Um, you you say in your book that you don't that you don't always have to use the word date when you're going on out mm-hmm. on a date. Why is that? And what do you mean mean by that?
1: I say that there's a soft start date, which is a date without calling it a date. And then there's the hard start date, which is that's the easy one. That's the, do you want to go on a date? And
2: Mm. that's
1: simple, straightforward. That one comes with a much shorter warning list than with a um, soft start date. But I don't like to create rules where there's not rules. So I think that there's a place that mm-hmm. to ask someone out just uh, for coffee or to say, do you want to go on a, um, you know, do you want to go on a walk? Um, I mean, some cultures uh, where I minister at in um, Greece with the Christian cu- uh, couples there, couples that get together, they don't use the word date mm. because um, when they say that they're, they're dating in that culture, it, it, it means that they're having sex. So they don't really announce their um relationship un- until they are and uh, they're engaged, so I think for wow. culture, yeah, and-, and just to give grace, um, plus, I think when women want to initiate with a guy, um, they may not want to use the word "date" or that may be too 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 bold or mm-hmm. you know they-, they would not want to be known as that person who is you know a- asking out guys um I think doing the soft start date can, um, be, uh, a better fit for, for them. But the thing with the soft start date is a guy may ask out, like, I asked this one woman out several years ago and, uh, you know, living in Colorado it's beautiful out there. There's mountains, there's hiking, there's, there, there's biking, there's endless stuff. And I asked her to go out, you know, for, for, a. You know outside and uh and to and enjoy nature and uh we did and like probably twice maybe two or three three times and i thought it was clear i mean i was using this off start and after like the third time i was like hey um i like you do you want to go out on a on a date and she's like what she was like, I'm just going out because, you know, it's uh, beautiful weather. I mean, I'm going on a hike, you know. Oh, wow. So even if someone accepts your your bid sure. for a soft start, you're still not going to know, mm. um, you know. So you have to make sure. And um, just one more story. Uh, I, I had a friend who would try to use it. but. He would ask women out for, for, for coffee all the time. Say, hey, do you want to go out for, for, for coffee? And then they would always call him out and say, Well, why? And then he'd say, Well, because I want to get to know you better. And and I'm like, eh, fail. Like if you use it and if someone calls calls you out, just just be
0: just be honest. Right, right. So how do you how would you encourage people to like i'm just i'm just thinking and processing what you just said because i think sometimes it's the english language and when we say the word date like it we use this one word that actually is connected to so many other things in the world and i know even the history of the word date is connected to what you kind of referred to that it was actually this 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 connection to surround sexual activity right. way back in history right and i think we look at it now like hey we're going out to get to know each other but sometimes one word can mean so many different things to so many people. Um, but like, how would you encourage people to not get into like, I, cause pastorally I think like it can sometimes be dangerous if you're always using the soft start date and it, it like you're, you're doing the right thing in the right way, but it's still coming from this place of loneliness, right? Like, you're, you're saying, hey, let's go out for coffee. Let's get to know each other. But you're actually just still really lonely. You're actually not really wanting to get to know someone. You're just wanting to to satisfy that loneliness. How do you help somebody navigate that in a way that is actually guarding their heart and and keeping them on point? This actually is the, the point of going to just get to know someone.
1: Yeah, that is good. I, I think you, you have to be clear in your motivation. Mm. A soft start date is still a date. And I talk a lot about this in the in in, in, in the in, in the book. And the main thing with the soft start date is that it's temporary. You can only do it once, twice, maybe three three times. It is not. I mean, if you still haven't used the word date after like three or four dates, and like uh, a month later we we uh, talk and you know you still ha- have haven't actually asked them on a date, you're not doing it the right way. So mm-hmm. it's just a warm up, a short time, but you get in a lot less you get in a lot less trouble when you just say do you want to go on a a date and i, I know that word means a lot of different things but i think most people in the evangelical world un- understand that you know it is a um it is a a get together to mm-hmm. see to see if there's a possibility for marriage at some point yeah I mean, you're not going to know probably 99% chance that you're not going to know that you're going to marry that 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 person be before going on many dates mm-hmm. but my litmus test for for a date is um you know you should at least have a curiosity for the possibility of marriage mm-hmm. and if it's zero percent then don't ask them 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 on a date um but if there's a spark if you know there is a chance that's what dating is, is for, is to explore the possibility of, of marriage.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I think there's nothing wrong with the discovery of compatibility. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Is there compatibility there? You know, and is there enough? Because I, I think after two or three times of sitting over a latte with somebody, you know, right, you're going you're to gonna kind of know what they're about and kind of know what's important to them. So, all right, mm-hmm. I'm going to put you in the hot seat. Okay, <laughs> so here comes the big million-dollar question. Is it okay for a female, a woman, to ask out a man?
1: Yes, but the reason why I say I mainly recommend not um, that women is probably not the best option for them is because mainly it doesn't work. Mm. Uh, so uh, yeah, I mean there there is some some fear in the uh, evangelical world that if you know women ask out men that they're going to be the leader in the a relationship and right. you know and um the man's not going to be the 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 man it, um but i've seen couples great couples that probably would have not been married unless she wouldn't have asked him him out mm. and um uh but i think mainly women sh- most of the time don't need to be that direct um one is for the reason that that that, that i just said is just in the times i've seen that it, it just it just doesn't work. Um, mm-hmm. That and two most of the guys that women want uh, to date and to marry, they will be the kind of guys that will ask you out.
0: Right, right. I would agree. I think over over my time as you know, pastoring and and leading people, and specifically in the young adult realm, um, you know, we've seen we've seen a lot of great relationships come together and healthy relationships and stuff. But one of the things. Um, I think that even plays into the design and and um, function of of a woman's heart is that they don't they need to have confidence that that they were being pursued. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That this was this was of the free will of this this other young man. You know what I mean? If they feel like somehow they've they've made it happen or they've manipulated, it, it's going to create such unrest in their own heart, and they can't really be at peace because they're going to always think that somehow I um, I manipulated this to happen or I forced them into this. And it just, it just, you're right. It just doesn't, it doesn't work out.
1: Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And, and that's why there are, there are other ways that they, women could, you know, uh, initiate a, a soft start. Mm. Say, hey, do you want to do, do this? Or, you know, do you want to do that and do that one or two, two times? And if, after that, if, if he doesn't like pick up the, the, the reins and, uh, pursue is probably not the kind of guy that, um, you would want to date. And, um, the second thing is if, um, I was talking with a female friend several years ago and she was saying that she liked this guy for over a year, might've been like a year and a half or two, two years. And I was like, well, like, why are you waiting? Like, and, and, and I said, do you want, you know, like, um, like, why don't you just tell them how, how you feel? And, and she said, "Well, I don't want to uh, pursue him." I'm like, "You're not pursuing him by sharing how you feel. At least you will have the uh, information to see where he's at, mm. and if it's a no, then that frees up you, and and you know, uh, frees up your your heart to um, move on." So I think that women can definitely share. I don't think it's ma- manipulative. I don't think it's uh, pursuing. But if um, a woman has been opining over someone for a long time, I would say free, free yourself and, and uh, you know, think, think, think about telling them how you feel.
0: Mm-hmm. And I love too that, like this young lady you're referring to was talking to somebody else about the scenario too, right? Which kind of comes back into not making decisions in isolation, you know what I mean? But making decisions in community and seeking out wisdom and seeking out outside perspective because man the heart is you know you and i both know like the heart can be all over the map you know and like you can be feeling one thing right now and and it just be connected to maybe too much pizza (laughs) or whatever right you know and then uh then the next day it's just completely different you know and um i think just to maybe shift gears here a little bit you know i think some people you know the i'll just say maybe say it this way you know the bible talks about how hope deferred can make the heart sick you know what i mean and and what do you say to somebody who's maybe actually maybe they've done everything right you know according to wisdom and practice of like pursuing relationships but just that 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 connection or that that person that right type of person just has not come about how do you encourage that person and how how do you help them to not you know give up hope
1: Mm. Yeah, I say that ex- extended sing- singleness uh when you want to be married is really, you know, hard. And as much yeah. as we like to say, you know, my 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 faith in Christ is is strong and, you know, in it, yeah. Uh I like to think that, you know, I have a, a strong faith, but I get lonely and sure. I think that that's totally totally normal. So I think it's um one to not beat yourself up if uh you're feeling lo- lonely because that's a normal part. You know, that's yeah. that uh, desire for 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 a spouse. Um, to I would say to uh, to stay to stay busy. I mean, mm. I um, travel. I do I do mission work. I write. I try to um, in, invest in other people, and um, that's probably been my biggest point where that that has helped me um, as an unmarried man is, um, that whenever I get down, Mm. whenever I get super lonely, I text five or 10 people, words of encouragement, Bible verses, and I pour into others. And so you think, well, and, and by doing that, I always get filled up. So I try to give what I need. And in those times, I think, you know what? No, I'm not going to let my, my 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 myself get get down because, you know, I I could get down to, Lord, I've tried to do things the right way. Lord, I even wrote a um, book on <laughs> this and, you know, why me? Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm never want to be a, a, a victim. So I would encourage people listening that the next time you feel down, you know, down, the next time you feel low,
0: mm-hmm. give what you need to, uh, to somebody else. That's so good. That's so good. So what would you tell someone who maybe just began dating? Yeah. Um, someone who just, I would say it depends on
1: your age. Um, I would say to start by knowing what you, what you value, you know, make a list. I'm, I have a love hate re- relationships with, uh, with uh, writing, you know, a, a list of who you wanted to marry, but just mm-hmm. to put down some, you know, core things,
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so yeah, so know what you value. Um, I would say if there's any baggage in mm-hmm. your life, like if you haven't processed your parents, a divorce or right. there's an uh, addiction, you know, singleness is a great time to get rid of those, those things. Um, yeah. And to, uh, and I think the last thing I'd say on that, I mean, I've many things could say, but yeah, is to look for, uh, a friend. And I know you want to be uh, attracted to that person, and I know that you know there there are certain preferences that you would have. But I think most people want to marry a friend. So um, could you marry someone who's like like a six on the uh, attraction meter and not a ten? But that person who is a six is an is an uh, amazing friend, and I Mm -hmm. would much rather uh, marry a a a friend who was a, a attraction. You know, of a six, then then like a nine or a ten, but you know, we're 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 just
0: not good friends. Yeah, you know, I think it's it's so interesting that we do put a lot of stock in like the physical attraction, which Mm -hmm. is like it's important. It's not it's not less important, but it's not the whole pie. You know what I mean? It's a piece of the pie because you can have you know find somebody who's just out of this world, beautiful, gorgeous, and everything, but if their their own heart is you know. Unkind or just like they're just just rude or you know right they don't they don't draw the best out of you. they don't compliment you. it's mm-hmm. like they've actually dropped way down on that schedule on that on that scale, but I think you know even as somebody who you're not you know it wouldn't say like even you said like just so maybe a six out of ten, but their their personality mm-hmm. is just so encouraging to you and compliments you. It's like, man, you start to see them as even a nine or a ten you know yes, what I mean? and exactly. And uh, so that's that's such a great perspective to have. I think um I'd love to hear your thoughts on maybe just as we start to kind of wrap up here a little bit, I'd love to hear your thoughts on how even successful and healthy re- dating relationships don't always lead to marriage and how do you handle breakup well?
1: Breaking up's hard. loss is yep. hard it's it's so hard. I was engaged in that um, and mm. we broke it off. We were on and off and but and ended up just calling it off and one broken engagement is enough for for one lifetime so don't yeah. ever want to go through that and again and um hopefully you won't have to and that right. was part partly why i actually wrote wrote the book is to save people save people pain hmm. um yeah i think um one i i think if you've had a lot of failed relationships one is just to take just to take time. You know, you have time to heal. Don't rush back in in into a relationship too soon. And secondly, um, don't compare your journey with anyone else's. And mm-hmm. you're on your uh, journey, um, yeah. And just rest that that God is uh, taking care of of you. Um, how you should break up, yeah. That's that's you know, yeah. It's a whole other
0: story. Well, I I appreciate your honesty and your transparency there, and just I can imagine that was a very challenging season of your life. And you know, something that's been encouraging to me, and hopefully is encouraging to leaders, because I think it plays, you know, listeners that is. Um, I think it plays into so many other areas of our life. But if God, uh, a friend of mine said this to me, he's like, if God wants to take ten years of your life to affect ten seconds of somebody else's, he's allowed to do that. You know, and I think sometimes if we you know, we can look at our timetable and our schedule and be like, God, why, you know, I had different plans for my life, you know, and why aren't I there yet? You know, just to be encouraged. Like, there's no wasted time when you're right. following the Lord, you know? And yeah. Um, yeah. So like, I guess maybe even on that note, like how, how have you encouraged yourself to to remind yourself, even as it says that David strengthened himself in the Lord, what does that look like for you in in trusting God, even though you're, you're in the season of singleness, you're still in this this place right now.
1: Yeah, I, and uh, I think that that's that's really good in the sense that what you're saying is that every relationship, every day, I mean, everyone that I've met and and have gotten to to know at least a a little bit ha- have made me uh, a better man. Mm. So I am thankful that I've uh, grown, and I am thankful for the mistakes that I've made because I probably wouldn't have wrote a book about um, dating if I hadn't gone through all that. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if I was married at like 25 or 30, I don't think I would have had written, you know, a book. I, I, I think that I rest in the fact that God has a plan. I think I will be married at, uh, some point. I mean, I think that it's, it's, it's encouraging that the uh, data is now as well over 90% of people will be married at some point. So I just trust that I'm gonna be part part of that. I feel like God's put put you know marriage on 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 my heart. But I've tried to and and embrace the hard and rather than um you know wallowing in the muck and mire, I decided to um write a book.
0: Yeah, yeah, and get to work with what God's put in your heart, you know. Exactly. And and trust that as you keep moving towards the purposes of God, God's gonna bring that 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 person that just is on the same path as you heading the same direction. Amen. 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 Well, Eric, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate just the real conversation and your, your vulnerability and, um, and thanks for writing this book because I think from your perspective, it's going to be, you know, as somebody who is single, somebody who is navigating that it's not going to be a married person telling single people what they should do. It's somebody who, who gets what it's like. And uh, I know this book is going to be really helpful. Uh, for a lot of people. So how can our listeners kind of stay in touch with you?
1: Yeah, uh, you can find me on um, Instagram at Eric J. Demeter.
0: Awesome. Awesome. We'll we'll make sure we have a link to your book as well for people to pick that up. It just launched in September. Um, People can grab their coffee. But again, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Union Podcast. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Thanks for listening to the Union Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you please email us at podcast at the union for more information, please visit our website, the union or find us on Facebook and Instagram at the union movement.